talking about tonight <laughs> oh boy all right we are lollygagging sports and <laughs> Bo read along with samantha button we are down a lollygagger today or this week uh irby he says samantha he's going to a wedding i don't know i don't know are we buying that are we saying yeah that's the, that's the truth or, or is he playing hooky is he going to a wedding or is he on his way to game three of a postseason series and if so what if the series ends after two like he could be maybe he's on his way to arizona there, there may not be a third game in arizona we just we don't know yet we're taping we're taping before the second game so we don't know what if he goes all the way to phoenix and there's, oh wait no it's in milwaukee he can't do that well yeah he's definitely not going to get to milwaukee in time uh-oh <laughs> oh man <sighs> That would be so Irby too, you know. Drive, drive all that way to be, be very, very much like uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Only, only instead of a moose, it's it's the it's the uh, it's the Brewers. Maybe we run into that barrel thing that we wanted to give to the Astros. I, you know, I you would think it would be impossible to drive that far in the wrong direction, but I do have one friend. I will not say his name to protect his identity. But when we were in college, he was trying to drive to Chicago, and he showed up back at Penn State like. I don't know, 12 hours after he left. And he's like, I forgot my toothbrush. And we were like, why are you really here? And he's like, I didn't realize I was driving the wrong direction until I saw the welcome to New Jersey sign. Ooh. Oh, that's like the exact, that's, that's going east instead of west, bro. Uh. <laughs> it's also a long way in the wrong direction before realizing that the one was not seeing, you know, the Ohio border. Uh, as opposed to the New Jersey border, so um. you know, I, I, obviously, I haven't made that drive. I've I've done Baltimore to Eastern Ohio, going through Pennsylvania, but I feel like you should have noticed that you were still in areas that you shouldn't have been in, just scenically, like like just the scenic of the route, the scenic area. Like I feel like you should know that. Well. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, you know, like middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania is probably fairly difficult to distinguish, like east or west. But like, weren't you seeing signs that said this way to Philly and thinking hmm, that doesn't seem right? I should be seeing signs <laughs> for Pittsburgh or Cleveland. Weird. Um, but I, I'm going to assume I, I think Irby has a better sense of direction. than that. Like, I actually, I'm positive he has a better sense of direction well, than that. So. <laughs> if he doesn't, Amy sure does. Yeah. So yeah. you know, between the two, one way or the other, they're they're going to get to Milwaukee. <laughs> I love how we just invented a trip to Milwaukee for them. They're going to make it to Milwaukee. I just don't know if they're going to make it in time to see any baseball. But you know, I'll get there. They're not going to end up in Arizona by accident. <laughs> well, we are going to talk a little postseason baseball. That's that's coming up. Uh, but but first, uh, as the opening audio, I'm sure alluded to here, Samantha, we have to do another round of of Taylor Swift and. Uh, the NFL um, controversial call at the end of that game. That's for some reason that I've yet to figure out has been attributed to Taylor Swift being in the stands. Have, have these fans not watched NFL referees for the last, I don't know, 20 years? 
I, yeah, I, look, I don't want to harp on this too much because I actually am in favor of this. Like, I think it's fun. Like, I wasn't necessarily looking for, like, these two particular interests of mine to merge. I didn't necessarily need, like, Taylor Swift X NFL. Um, but, you know, I'm entertained by the whole thing. I think it's fun. I love that more people are watching football. I think that's cool. I love that more people are listening to Taylor Swift. Not that either of these things needed more audience but like more is more right so good for them but yeah i i'm waiting you know we're all waiting for like the misogyny hammer to drop at some point where like they lose a game and it turns into like jessica simpson and tony romo part two where people are like it's taylor swift's ball he's distracted and you're like okay that doesn't really say anything great about him um if he's so distracted by having a girlfriend um that he can't play football anymore so like let's let's just psa let's not go down that road like let's let's not do it come on football fans you're better than this let's let's not do that you know here's here's what we can do though okay Let's just take a look at the upcoming schedule for the Chiefs. I'm just going to rattle off the cities. Which city is Taylor Swift going to be like, absolutely not, I'm never going there? Is it Minnesota this week? Nah, no, no, that's fine. Denver? No. No, she'll be all about Denver. San Diego? Of course she'll go to San Diego. Oh, and then, you know, and on and on and on. Oh, actually, I take the back. The Chiefs are hosting Denver. Never mind. Uh, so the next, the next road game after the Vikings... Huh, it's Denver. So, yeah, Denver after that. Uh, you know, then they have the Dolphins at home. They got the Eagles at home. Oakland, or excuse me, Vegas. She goes to Vegas all the time. I don't think so. You don't, you don't think so? No. Um, I, I've never seen anything to suggest that Taylor Swift is especially fond of Vegas. Um, no. Uh, um, Green Bay, I, December 3rd. Nobody wants to be in Green Bay, December 3rd. Yeah, no, I, my take on this is I don't actually think we're going to see her at every game. Um, I, I think the only reason you saw her two weeks in a row is because, you know, they had their big to-do um, where they sort of announced themselves. The, the reason she was at this game is because it's a primetime game. It's in New York. She lives there, right? Like, she walked out of her apartment in New York City and got in a car and went out to Meadowlands. I don't think she's necessarily going to show up to every game. So... We'll see. I mean, I, I expect if this lasts, which I don't think it will, but if it lasts, um, I, I would think we would probably see her in Kansas City again at some point. But, like, I, I think it's very sort of NFL-centric to think she's just going to follow them around. Like, she's a busy gal, guys. Uh, she doesn't have time to, to follow her boyfriend all over the country um, <laughs> as much as the NFL would love the attention. But I I think the only reason we saw her two weeks in a row is because this game happened to be in New York and in prime time. And so, so yeah, I would be very, very surprised if we just saw Taylor Swift at the game every week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I mean, I mean, look, there there was a lot of, I had people texting me Sunday night, you know, it it was, it was was social media. They were texting me and this, it's like, people are just, I think just not embracing this for the fun it is. If you can't have fun with this, then we really have reached a point in society where everything has to be taken seriously. This is fun. I'm not a Swifty, but I'm having fun with it. Yeah, I think this is great. Like, I mean, there's probably a point where we're all going to get, like, bored with it and we're like, okay, whatever. But, like, I suspect they will split up before that will happen. Like, I think it's fun. It's entertaining. It adds another dimension to the game. Like, who doesn't want, like, more? Like, the NFL has almost no sense of humor, right? It's not like baseball, where just funny stuff happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, the NFL needs to lighten up a little bit, and and NFL fans need to lighten up a little bit. So, like, if the way that that happens is because people are, like, looking up at the box where Taylor Swift has come and she's brought all of her famous friends 
you know, I mean, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, somehow Hugh Jackman ended up there, although that was a little confusing <laughs> to me because I don't think they're friends. And Sophie Turner, which is hilarious, if you know the lyrics to Better Than Revenge, um, <laughs> absolutely hilarious that they are now suddenly such good friends. Um, but I... Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. It's fun. Why not? Like, let's let's bring a, a new group of fans into this, and let's let's all have a good time with it. And let's like, we don't need to turn this into like a serious football issue. It, this is entertainment. It's funny, like you're saying. Like, let's just like enjoy this. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, <clears throat> yeah. Well, the memes are gonna are gonna keep going. Uh... As Brittany Mahomes has found out, the memes are going to keep going and keep writing themselves uh, the longer we do this. But I don't know. I, I'm in. I'm in for it. Let's, let's let's maybe not every week. You know, maybe it is a little much to do it every week. But you know, like once every couple of weeks. You know, maybe have one where she's not announced. Like she says, she doesn't announce she's going. Then just suddenly she's there. I think that's our next little wrinkle. Right. That that's the next plot hard twist. to pull off though. Hard to pull Very off hard because to anyone with yeah. a cell phone in the security area can take that. Like so hard to pull off. Um, also should probably put it out there that there's no one I feel less bad for than Brittany Mahomes. So um, <laughs> Did you think you were gonna compete with Taylor? So that is adorable. Right. Yes. Like one of the most annoying characters in the NFL script who has no talent and nothing to offer other than being married to Patrick Mahomes. Um, like, I mean, I know she thinks like, you know, the big joke is like, Oh, you're not the next cell, sweetie. No. Um, um, and you certainly can't compete with Taylor Swift, but good luck oh. to you, dear. Um, it was hilarious watching the, the memes where they got like Taylor holding the, cranberry and vodka up in the air and everybody's cheering and Brittany Mahomes is like stuffing her face with chicken and looking angry <laughs> in the row in front of them and like not looking at what's going on around her so yeah not that's that is an easy person to not feel bad for. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, society hasn't seen an entertainer of this level of this popularity in quite some time like, like honestly, like she, she passes what she, 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 she passes Madonna she passes Prince she certainly passes everything that happened in the '90s with boy bands and and Britney Spears, right? She passes all of them. Like, like you really have to go back to Elvis to find one that was this popular everywhere. Well, yeah, and you know, I think the comp is Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio. There you go, mm -hmm. right? Because at that point in time, baseball was the thing, right? So, like, baseball back then was like all four major sports combined, and Marilyn Monroe was, you know, Marilyn Monroe. So, um, obviously, the media attention would be different because we have all these uh, very modern gadgets, for better or for worse, where we can know, like, literally everything, like, you know, how she's leaving the game and watching her walk through a metal detector in <laughs> security. But, Hilarious. But I, I think that's, you know, culturally the, the closest comp we can get. Um, so that's pretty cool. Oh, good, yeah. good for Taylor. Good good for Travis, sort of. Um, I, like, <laughs> I he's probably not going to end great for Travis, but, um, you know, good luck to you, man. Good luck. Like, wa watching that, that security video, I kept waiting for Ron Reynolds to see that he was being recorded to do some sort of an improv with, with uh, Hugh Jackman. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, no, they were all very astutely, well, they were either not aware that they were being filmed or not caring to acknowledge it, which, you know, I wouldn't blame them or both. if they didn't, but <laughs> because it's ridiculous, but, but yeah, yeah, no, Ryan Reynolds was like, it was interesting, he was, this was clearly not his show, um, and he, you know, acted accordingly, which is fine, but I, I did think we were going to get some sort of 
something there, and, and we did not. They just they, they had a very business like trip through security, um, like like the little people do. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's move on. So, uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've looked back at, at the previous NFL week. This time, we're going to look ahead because uh, we've got a monster matchup. This weekend in San Francisco, we've got we've got the Cowboys and the 49ers going again. And uh, Samantha, I, I wanted to get your opinion on this because, like, I look at this as, as essentially it's, there there are two tests here uh, for me going into this game. You, you got Brock Purdy going against a defense the caliber of Dallas, and you got a Cowboys team that, outside of a dud in Arizona, has played really really good football. Up until this point of the season, going up against arguably the Super Bowl favorites in the league right now. So it's a test for the Cowboys as a whole. It's also a test for me with Brock Purdy against this defense. What do you think? Yeah, I think something's got to give, right? Um, this is where, I mean, I think this was one of, I was going through and making my picks uh, today for this week and thinking this is one of the hardest games to pick right now. I mean, you can go through it by matchup and start counting and <laughs> You can do that, you know, but like to me, this is like, you know, the unstoppable force meets the unmovable object or, or however that goes. Um, you know, it's something's got to get right. I mean, this is this is great. I love that we're getting this now. This is, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is the dream for us 90s kids. Um, right. Like you and I, uh, the, the old Dallas San Francisco rivalry re- reunited. So, um, you know, obviously we're all hoping to see this as a playoff matchup. Um next year in January, but, uh, but for now, yeah, I mean, this is a big test for both. And I, I would caution that, you know, if this goes badly for somebody, I don't know that that's necessarily any indication that it will go badly for them mm-hmm. should they meet again in the postseason. but it's a great early test, right? Cause like you pointed out, you know, like both of these teams, like, you know, the Dallas had one clunker, but other than that, they've looked exceptionally good mm-hmm. and Purdy and the, the 49ers have also looked very, very good, but you know, he really has not been tested. So I think you're right that that's what this is kind of about is like, okay, Dallas, let's, let's see what happens. You know, when you come up against another team that's sort of on your level and then for Purdy, it's like, well, that defense is, is vicious. Um, so let's see how he handles that. <laughs> I wonder if the X factor really is Christian McCaffrey here. Because if you get strong quarterback play from Purdy and Dak Prescott, then it's going to come down to the running backs going up against these defenses. And, and as much as I love Tony Pollard, I think he's an exceptional running back, Christian McCaffrey is healthy. And when he's healthy, he's at a different level than anything Dallas has in the running game. So if, if, if all things being equal, Christian McCaffrey might be the difference maker in this game. Oh, sure. And if you're San Francisco, don't you feel lucky that this game is being played when it is in the schedule? Because McCaffrey's going to get hurt at some point because he always does. So if that ends up being the difference in the game, and I think you're right that it very well could be, then boy, did you ever get lucky. Mm -hmm. This game is coming up early (laughs) in the season. And if he's not available to you in the postseason, maybe we get a very different result. Mm. (laughs) Well, I I am looking. This is the first game, honestly, uh, that I've looked forward to in this football season so far. Um, it's, it's been kind of a blah start to the season as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but this is the first one I've looked forward to because it really is, it's a matchup of two teams that you could conceivably see facing each other, not in the divisional round this time, but actually for all the marbles in the NFC, you could see that happening. We haven't seen the Cowboys and Eagles play each other yet. So that, that question for the East is yet to be decided, but right now this is, this is the ultimate playoff preview between these two teams. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, that game came last week. It was Buffalo and Miami. And, you know, you and I are, of course, betraying our rooting interest here a bit. <laughs> you know, yours would be Dallas and mine would be Buffalo. Right. But, yeah, so it's it's kind of the same thing, right? Because those are really, to me, these are the only two games. And, and I would agree with you, too, that this is also a game that I am excited about, um, you know, regardless of not having any real rooting interest in it other than, you know, I don't hate either of these teams. And I love that they're both good at the same time and that maybe they can be rivals again. So, um, you know, but other than, yeah, other than Miami Buffalo, I don't think we've gotten anything that I was that excited about up to this point. I've mostly been like, like slumming, um, this NFL season and searching for my, my best, like chaos goblin garbage bowl material. Um, and I have to tell you other than just like the jets doing stuff it has not been great. Um, you know, the bears have been interesting in that sort of train wrecky kind of way. I mean, it's really a shame we never got the opportunity to do a segment about that defensive coordinator's office getting raided by the FBI and Peanut Tillman tipping them off because he's now an FBI agent. Like, what? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's mostly what I, how I've been consuming this NFL season is as, like, you know, a, you know, a garbage picker. And it's been great. I've enjoyed it. But I, I'm also happy to now have some, like, really exciting, like, potential playoff type games. <laughs> Well, d- don't worry. We're not going to play pick them here because I don't want to pick this game. Um, I don't want to pick this game either. Please don't make me do it. If, if, uh, I, <laughs> if I'm not willing to pick this game, I feel like it'd be rather unfair to ask you to pick this game. So we're not going to pick oh, this game. I, when I was doing my picks against the spread um, for the, the gambling outfit that I, I do a bit for, um, I was staying away from this game like the plague. <laughs> what best so? Like, I am not touching that thing with a 10-foot pole. If you are putting any money on this game, you are insane. <laughs> like, I mean, bet the over, you know, bet the, you know, you can micro bet on this game if you want. But, like, if you're just trying to pick it straight up or against the spread, like, I beg of you, do not throw your See, money away that way. You um, know what? <laughs> Look, I, I don't really dive into the, into the lines and the betting in Vegas and all this other stuff very often, but I will say this. I don't think this is even good for the over bet. Because... It very. I I will. I would bet the under. I would take I, the under. I don't even know if that's a thing. Like this could go two different ways. Really, it's going to be a defensive showdown between two really good defenses, or both of these quarterbacks are going to get hot and put up points. I think it's a better oh, nightmare. Oh sure, sure. Like, so, either way, flipping a coin. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's a good point. No, I think you're probably right about that. So this is a micro bet only game, right? Like where you're just betting on individuals. Yeah, like you throw some money game. on Christian. Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you micro bet it, sure, yeah, like mm-hmm. whatever the props are on, you know, rushing yards or touchdowns for McCaffrey, something like that, sacks for Mike Parsons, you know, like maybe that's where you're throwing your money. <laughs> well, ah, oh, it's gonna be a fun game. Uh, I'm certainly certainly looking forward to it. Um, but let's let's move on because we haven't talked about this yet. Um, figured this was a good week to talk about it since the Giants tried this and failed miserably <laughs> on Monday night. Uh, let's talk about the tush push because obviously it's been legal since it's been legal for a while to, to push a player over the line of, over the over the goal to gain. Right, that's been legal for a while. It's big now because the Eagles have such a ferociously large set of human beings on their offensive line that they can get the push you need where the tush push actually works. So the Eagles, I guarantee you this is, this is because of the Philly special in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, right? Now, now oh, the Eagles have this new wrinkle. No, guys, it's been there. People have tried it. People have been failing miserably with this play. Now, all of a sudden, you got a team that's got the, the beef up front, 
and the quarterback that could kind of squirrel his way through, you got all that. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's successful. Okay. So, I know that every football season, we have to have some kind of, like, excessively stupid argument about something that has angered a group of people who are, like, mostly casuals or are angry at a specific team for being successful. And all of a sudden, it's a rules violation. Like, Guys, this isn't a new move. This isn't something that, like, the Eagles invented in the offseason that no one could have foreseen. Um, that, oh, gosh, we better change this because the rules could not have foreseen it. That this has always been around. It's just that people don't do it very often because mostly it doesn't work. So, like, let's talk about this in the context of, like, all right, so we're not banning this. That's stupid. You need to let go of that. That's yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't decide because one team is successfully doing something which is well within the framework of the rule book. well, that now we need to get rid of it. No, too bad. So other people can keep trying it, or maybe not. Giants, not you, especially <laughs> not you. Giants, um, please don't do this again. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I just like figure out how to stop it. You know, like it's like how many times have we had this conversation? You and I we're we're just like, if you don't like this, stop it. Like figure out how to prevent it. Like it is not even close to anything that it's not like a nebulously legal play. Like it's just like you can stop this. Like this this is a play that's possible to defend. It, so it, it really is. Okay. Now, now before we get into the, how to defend it, I agree 100% with you on this about we, we don't ban things just because they work. We ban things because people get hurt. That's why we, right. ban, that's or, why or we because, ban things. Or because somebody's exploiting a loophole in a new rule right. in a way that is not within the spirit of the law. So right. we, we see this more in baseball, I think, than football. But we do see it in football. And this ain't it, man. Like, this has been around. It's, like, been around. it's not new. Like, every, it's every, also not close to violating any rules. Like, that's not what we're doing here. No, it's not. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, yeah, you can defend it. Absolutely. But you need to match the pounds <laughs> in the mm-hmm. A-gaps. Like, that, you match the pounds in the A-gaps and, and, and get a big nose tackle type player, the exactly what you need. Nose tackle on the A-gaps. You can disrupt that play, right? You're, you, you can't put, I don't care how fast you think your safeties are, you can't come in from the outside and stop that play, right? It's got to be stopped with brunt force right up the middle, which means you put more weight in the middle of your defensive line than they have in the middle of their offensive line. The problem is not a lot of people can do that against the Eagles because of how massive that line is. Which is why it works for them. Giants, guys, you know, you really need to know what you have before you try new things, okay? Because you didn't have it. You're never going to have it unless you unless you decide to draft massive players early in the rounds over the next couple of years. You're not going to get there. I So many things. First of all, like, oh, my God, did somebody actually think bringing up a safety was going to stop this? Because I no. want to talk to whoever. I actually, no, I don't. I hope not. Um, but yeah, no, that's the thing is like, this is one of those like rare situations where you're not, you're not scheming up a way to solve this. Like you just need beef. 
right? Yep. Yep. You need yep. the big boys. That's it. Like, I mean, and yes, yes, they have to be able to execute, of course, but like, it's really more about like, you got to have, like you said, it's the beef on beef, man. Like, you know, somebody, somebody brings their big belly, you got to bring your big fella too. You know, you got to get, <laughs> you got to get Jordan Montgomery out there. You borrow from the Rangers and stick him <laughs> out there and like, just be like, Jordan, throw yourself at that guy. Just like you threw yourself at that pop bunch. Love him. Love him. <laughs> um, more on that in a minute. Um, but yeah, this is like, I mean, I think to me it's a balancing act, right? Because like, yeah, you gotta, you know, if you got the, the, the beefies, you gotta bring your, bring your beefies up there, you know, and, and you just stuff them there. But, but, and this is why the Eagles are getting away with it because they can beat you over the middle too. So you better be careful that it doesn't just look like it's going to be the tush push and then whoops over the middle. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh no. <Yep. laughs> oh no. So there, there is some danger in doing that, but you're, you're absolutely correct. That is, that is the way to do it. It's really the only know? way. So yeah, it's, it's the only way, you know, you know, a long time ago when we were kids, Taco Bell had a mini about him called the Bell Beefer. That's what you've got to do. You got to load up the defensive line <laughs> with Bell Beefers. What was it? What was it? Was it a giant taco? It was basically a ta- yeah. It was basically That's just a beef taco. It was called it was called the Bell Beefer because it was a, a lot of beef in the taco. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's what you need, right? You need like, I, mean, I definitely I have a vague memory of like McDonald's ads with, um, Michael Dean Perry from the Browns, like Cleveland people were about my age. You'll, you'll remember this from when we were kids, um, selling like one of those, like it would have been one of those things. I can't remember what they're called. You might know this where it's like two hamburgers stacked on top of each other. And there's like an extra piece of bun in the middle. It's like a double hamburger. It's a Big Mac. Okay, sure. A Big Mac. Yes. I don't know. I wasn't allowed to go to McDonald's as a child, so I, I don't know yeah, what these things are. It's a Big Mac. Um, it's, it's basically but, okay, a hamburger so, version of a club sandwich. Okay. So a Big Mac. Okay. So, yeah. So that's what we're looking for, right? The Big Beefer or the Big Mac, like, <laughs> which apparently, you know, at some point McDonald's actually did try to draw a direct parallel between a giant lineman and their giant hamburger thing. <laughs> You know, quick quick sidebar. Uh, during the fast food wars, uh, one I think it was, I forget which one. It was, I think maybe the like the A and W people, but they they try to put a third pound burger to compete with McDonald's quarter pounder, and Americans did not go for it because they thought it was smaller. There are so many things I want to say about that that I, I know I should not say on air. Um, so I'm just not going to say. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Let's not get in trouble. well point is you need bell beefers on your line yes if you're going in with steak fajitas like the giants did you're just going to get shredded like just don't do that (laughs) that's like one of those that you just watch that and you're just like nope nope don't do it don't do it don't do it oh they're gonna do it they're gonna do it it. and then they did it and then afterwards you're like well i hope you're happy you're lucky no one died <laughs> but this is why the Giants are like appointment viewing for me, right? Because I love garbage football, and I can't wait to see people do stupid stuff. Like well, that. You know the what? Giants are your one of your best bets. You know what? I, I mean, I, you live right in the epicenter right, between the Giants and the Jets. You've got garbage football left and right everywhere you turn. Oh, it's incredible! <laughs> I have you know we've got yes. Zach, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Wilson. And also just the Giants in general, so it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I tell you what, Boston, don't get smug because you're just as bad. So you know, 
Yeah, yeah, the Patriots have not looked great. They have not looked great. Um, it's perhaps something we shall discuss in the future. <laughs> Bill was busy talking about Taylor Swift. Um, maybe he got distracted. Maybe that's, maybe that's um, why he actually answered the question, because the quest a lost season anyway. Might as well have some fun. Yeah, yeah, I need to see Bill being like... You know what? Forget it. Um, <laughs> I'd rather do that. I'd rather talk about Taylor Swift than what happened on the field today. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I Well, yeah. I mean, if you are Bill Belichick in the situation that you're currently in, what would you rather talk about, Taylor Swift or Mac Jones? I know what i pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. <laughs> well, let's flip the script. We're about halfway through the show here. Let's flip the script. Um, it's time to talk some baseball playoffs. Now, just a reminder as we get into – some of these playoffs, we are recording this on Wednesday, which is day two of the wild card series. So just keep that in mind when we start talking about the, uh, about the playoffs as they stand. But before we do that, Samantha, I think we should. I think it's time to finally have somebody out there discuss these announcers because and I'm, you know, I'm watching. I'm watching these playoff series. I'm enjoying these playoff series. You know, and why not? You enjoy you enjoy playoff series. That's what you do. Unless your team loses, then you don't. Then you hate baseball for a little while. Then you come back. That that's the life of the cycle of a fan, right? But just in general, like when, when someone else that's not my team is playing, I like to enjoy watching the game. Listen to the announcers. Sure, fine. Um, they're taking <laughs> they're taking people that haven't watched any of these teams. They're cramming them into a booth. And expecting them to be able to provide insight on these teams, you listen. Especially, it really rubs you wrong when it's your team because then you actually hear the, the mistakes they're making, and we're like, "Wow, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that," and you know, "Oh, this guy's been good." No, he hasn't, right? <laughs> like, like that's what you go with because you're, that's what you're listening to with, with these. Why don't they take? Not the play-by-play guy, you know, because you've got a play-by-play guy. Play-by-play, play-by-play, you don't necessarily have to have the background. You can get by without the background. But your your color analysts kind of need that background. They kind of need to know about these teams a little more. That You can't just cram that in in a, in a session with scouts the day before the series. Like, like, that takes watching a team all season long. Why don't they take whoever's in? That series, take the color announcer, the color commentator from each broadcast and have a three-person booth that way instead of cramming three national national sportscasting personalities that don't know anything about either one of the teams. Well, yeah, and, okay, well, first let's start with the scariest part of this, which is, like, if you think what you're seeing now is bad, consider that the ESPN people are the best of the lot in terms of postseason announcing. So guess what, guys? It's going to get worse. We get into those Fox games and those Turner games. Oh, my gosh. You think this is bad? It is going to get so much worse. So last year we, we saw something a bit experimental where they had some broadcasters, and they were not matching the local broadcaster with their own team. They were taking somebody from another team and bringing them into the booth to talk about not their own team. So, like, okay, like, I, I understand this was some kind of attempt to avoid bias or whatever, which um, sure. I actually like what you're proposing better um, to bring in a color commentator from one of the teams. Now, I understand that the problem that's going to happen there is that you're only going to have one of them in. 
right? Or maybe you alternate. And on the night when the other team's announcers up there, people are going to get mad and say the broadcast is biased. But like, guess what, guys? All the broadcasts are biased. Mm-hmm. Like these these national announcers are not good at disguising who they are rooting for. And guess what? It's never your team. Spoiler alert: It's never your team. So I just. Mm. Look, these people, as you have correctly pointed out, have clearly not been keeping up with baseball for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some exceptions. You know, Tim Kirchin does a wonderful job and mm-hmm. he's clearly watching baseball all season long. But, like, again, you know, the ESPN people are the best of lot, and some of them are pretty bad. And it's only going to get worse from here uh, because the, the teams from the other networks that, that are going to be televising the bulk of the postseason games are, are even worse. And I, I think it's... You know, I understand the problem is is that we're not prioritizing nationally televised baseball anymore. So these people don't have any work during the regular season. But then you throw them into this situation where they're calling a postseason game and it makes everybody mad. Because like you said, it especially makes you mad when it's your team because you can sit there and go, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. But, you know, if you follow baseball as a whole, if you watch a lot of baseball and not just your own team, you can pick it out for other teams too. Like, trust me, oh, I sure. have had no problem picking out like, dumb things the announcers were saying about, for example, the Rays. Like, oh my goodness. Like, wow. Wow. Bad. Like, real bad. You know, the Wonder <laughs> Franco stuff, that was, like, real bad. Awful. Like, like oh my goodness. This is, that was, like, inexcusable. That's not even, like, bias or ignorance. That's, like, uh, you can't, this, this guy, like, is a really bad dude and he got into some really serious trouble and you're acting like, oh, well, he's longer with the team as though, you know, he broke an ankle a month ago. Like, this is bad. Real bad. So, and, and you lose a lot of the little things, you know, I mean, things that local announcers understand about the fan base and sort of about how the day-to-day works and what the, the dynamics of the team are and that sort of stuff. And it's, it, it makes it a lesser product. So, I mean, I don't know, like, in my opinion, like, I'd rather watch whoever's in local announcers. Like, I would rather watch, you know, my team's out of it, right? I would way rather watch your Texas Rangers announcers. You know, well, I might be a little biased there, too, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. But, like, you know, I would rather watch, I don't know, the Diamondbacks announcers or the Phillies announcers or yeah. whoever, you know? Also, like, doesn't it bug you a little bit? Because it bugs me that, like, the local announcers, like, they're the ones who do the job all season long and then they just have to go home yeah, for the playoffs. Like, that kind of bugs me it's like for them off. on their behalf. Yeah, like... They just kind of get done out of their job at the most exciting part of it. I mean, I'm sure they're allowed to go in the team stuff, but you know what I mean. Like, it just seems kind of lousy. And also, like, if you like your announcers, and I, I know we like ours very much, and I think you guys like yours for the most part, too, you know, it's they're kind of a comfort, you know? And then it's like you, you get into these games, and you're like, who is this bozo? Why is he talking about my team this way? And then you end up doing what I do, which is watching all the games on mute, um, and then if you're really desperate, you try to line it up with the radio broadcast because then you can still get the locals. That is but, so like, difficult to do, though. It's just like, it's so hard to do. Like, it's oh. like, it, to me, it's like every time I try it, I always end up just giving up and just watching the game with no announcers because it is so hard to line that up. So, incredibly <laughs> difficult. Now, that is a function on MLB TV, but it's still not lined up, right? Like, yeah, it's, you, know? you can't. Mm, but I, yeah. I do remember, <laughs> I remember this because this happened during the, during the Rangers race series back in May. Uh, I think it was, I, I really think it was an MLB Network game, and they had play by play was MLB Network, but they had the Rangers color announcer and the Rays color announcer in the booth. It was a three man booth, and they had both color commentators on at the same time in the booth. That's a great way to solve the problem. That's it was, that's it was what fantastic. You do. <laughs> it, it really yeah. was because you because you had you had uh, the Rangers. Announcer CJ Nikowski, yeah, he came in with Rangers background. The Rays guy came in with Rays background. 
it was a much better broadcast than what we're seeing right now. And this is the playoffs. Like, how you gonna get well, how you gonna get it right in mid May, but not October? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and that's like I love that they did that. I think that is exactly the way that you should handle this. And it's like, okay, so then you're appeasing both of the teams involved in the game. You get to hear your home announcer. And if you don't have a dog in the fight, like, I would rather hear what the local guy has to say because I'm going to learn a lot more about that. So, like, take a team that I haven't paid much attention to this season. Like, let's take the Brewers. I would rather hear the Brewers guy talk about them. Like, give me some reason to care about the Brewers. I know it's hard, but, you know, give me something. Um, You know, or, like, the Marlins. Like, I don't really know a lot about them other than just – you know, some of the more, you know, non-on-field stuff about Kim Ang and stuff. Like, I, I would like to hear what their announcers have to say about them. You know, kind of like, you feel like this is your chance. Sell me the Marlins, you know? Like, tell me something interesting about this. Like, that you're never going to get because the sort of complete body of knowledge that anyone coming in at the last second is going to have. Like, they act like these guys are, like, superior announcers, and they're not. They're not. They're not even good at it. Mm. Like, that's the sad part. Like, you know, it's just... I don't know, man. They, they got to fix this. It's bad. It's bad. And, and everybody hates it. You just It makes everyone angry. Like, <laughs> it makes the people whose teams are involved angry. It makes the people whose teams are not involved angry. Like, I mean, have you ever heard anyone be like, gosh, I just can't wait to hear what John Smoltz has to say? <laughs> like, uh, no. 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 But I, but, I, but I will say just from a superstition standpoint, I'm really happy that Fox has the American League this year because that was the only game the Rangers won in Seattle. <laughs> Was <laughs> the John Smoltz game? So my my superstitions are, are are in line here with with the way the postseason is shaping up. I feel like I'm supposed to say like I'm sorry this happened to you or something. I'm sorry that you have had to um take John Smoltz like in in order to you know preserve the superstition because obviously that's the right choice, right? One must preserve like whatever you can do. That's what you must do. I'm just sorry that it is coming to you in the form of John Smoltz because that is one of the most deeply depressing things I've ever heard. Um. <laughs> right. Oh boy. Well, hopefully we get some some changes. And you know what, baseball? While you're at it, can you also get rid of blackout lines? Can we do that too? Uh, they need to rework that whole thing. Like it's just All look. It. The new rule needs to be everybody who wants this has to pay for the MLB TV subscription. You get everything. It doesn't matter if it's shown on another channel. Charge an extra 10 bucks. I don't care. Yeah. No more blackouts. Like, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, and no blacking out for Peacock either. I mean, like, no. <laughs> it really shouldn't be that difficult, right? Like, just give, get, if you are in a blackout line, then you get the local feed, right? You get, you get the, Regional sports feed that's got the the ads supporting the regional sports station and all that fun stuff. You get that instead of this, instead of all this all these generic MLB promos in, in, in your commercial break. That's it. That's all you got to do. We live in a, we, yeah. We live in the age of streaming baseball. Get up. Baseball was so ahead of of every other sport in this area, and now they're kind of falling behind a little bit. Like, listen. Well, yeah. I mean, they have the best streaming product that exists. I agree. But the blackouts are a problem. You know, I mean, th- there are people who have no way to watch their home team because there's a problem with the RSN in their area 
and then MLB TV's mm-hmm. blacking them out. Like, that can't happen. Yeah. Like, we can have a debate about what you do with nationally televised games. Although, to me, it's like, charge more for MLB TV and lift all the blackouts. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. No exceptions. But, like, at the very least, you cannot block people out of watching their own TV. Like, because the, the RSN and the cable company have a problem. No, this is absolutely not an acceptable way to handle this. They've got to fix it. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. I agree. You're probably the, still to this day the most absurd. In the entire state of Texas, the Rangers and the Astros are blacked out. If you live in El Paso, which is a solid 10 hours away from both cities, you're blacked out of both. Oh, yeah. That's well, and this is an, Yeah, this is another problem is that there, there have been like just these weird arbitrary lines drawn that don't make any sense where it's not even just the local area. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, if you, no, either this is easily accessible to you or you're not blacked out. It's just one or the other. Mm-hmm. But, like, we've seen some weird, weird stuff with where they black things out that don't make any sense. And that's that's a good example of that. It's just, like, they've just decided that, like, this is this territory. And you're like, but it can't be both. Like, you, you can't create a blackout rule and be like, well, to be on the safe side... <laughs> We're just going to black out everything. The entire state. like a thousand miles from you. <laughs> just in case. Like, no. no. Oh, God. Back in the good old days, all you had to do was sell out your home stadium and the blackout was lifted. What the hell yeah. happened to that? I mean, if you're going to do this, at least five. If, the, if it's a sellout, lift the blackout. <laughs> yeah, I just like, I feel like. I, I don't, I'm not interested in like any rules or exceptions to this. It's like you charge whatever you need to charge. This thing is, you know, MLB TV is, you know, very moderately priced for what it is. It is very, very reasonable. If you need to yeah. raise the price significantly, go ahead and do so. I think that's fine. And then you just lift all the blackouts and yeah. it doesn't matter where you live and it doesn't matter who you root for. And it doesn't matter if it's on some goofy, woofy peacock stream on Sunday morning at 11 in the morning, like charge more money to offset that. Stop giving exclusive rights to people. Stop dicking around with these RSNs and just like, you know what? Like, and then you tell people there is a solution. If you don't like that you're blacked out, you may buy MLB TV. You pay X number of dollars mm-hmm. and this solves your problem. And if you're unwilling to pay that, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Let us buy our way out of the problem. We would like to give you money, Major League Baseball. Yeah. We would like to give you money. I would like to give you more money than I'm giving you right now for this privilege. And, and, and you realize, please let me do so. Just for just just for you know comparison's sake, NFL Sunday ticket is four hundred dollars. Yes, thank you for seventeen mm-hmm. games. Yes, yes. Baseball MLB TV is at what one sixty nine? Was that right or one forty nine? What's yeah, for, uh, well, it depends when you buy the package. Right. Yes, one or the other. Right. Uh-huh. So, and, and, yeah. on, and on top of that, you get minor league baseball. You, you get the minor league. Yeah. If, there, if, if there is a feed on a minor league, you get that too. That's a hell of a deal. Right? Yeah. Like uh, I'll pay $200 for that. I'd pay $300 for that. I, yeah. I mean, it's like, this is like, oh my gosh. Like, you could charge more for this and just solve your problem that way. And everyone's going to pay it anyway. It's very modestly priced. You're getting a lot for it. Like, I mean, I haven't done the math, but the number of baseball games you're getting, I mean, obviously you're not going to watch every one, but even like, let's say you only watch your home team. If you only watch your home team, it's like a dollar a game. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's a, a dollar per game. Per game. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Like it's fine. It's fine. Make it $2 a game. That would also be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Mm-hmm. This is so dumb. This is just does not need to be this way. So dumb. Yeah, like you know, and and the thing is too, we we've talked about this throughout the season, throughout the regular season. We talked about this about how the the, the new rules are bringing in new fans. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you want to capitalize on this that, is right? a, Don't you? This is a heck of an opportunity to to finally fix this problem. Because all these fans that have come back to the game or come or are, are watching it for the first time because it's finally not five hour games, right? The second they find out that their regional sports network is suddenly in a contract dispute with everybody, so you can't you can't get the games and you can't buy something to give you the games because of blackout lines, they're gone and they're not coming back. Well, yeah, and that's the most frustrating part, right? Because like, it's like, okay, even maybe it's like the Apple, it's like, hey, you can buy this. You can buy it, and which is what we all end up doing, right? Like, you're like, okay, I guess I'm paying five ninety nine for this one game. Like, whatever, I don't care. It's fine. I want to watch my team. But, like, the, the problem, the greater problem that you're pointing out when we get into these RSN disputes is that, like, you can't buy your way out of that. There's nothing you can do, and that's really a problem. And yeah, like if you look at look what ha- what's happened with the attendance figures, right? Like MLB attendance is through the roof this year. Yep. The increases mm-hmm. have been just absolutely unbelievably good. Why wouldn't you want the same thing to happen with your TV viewership? And I'm sure it's up, but like you are just preventing a whole lot of people from engaging with the sport. And, and here you're talking not just about diehards, but like casuals or maybe people who can't necessarily afford to take their whole family to the ballpark, you know? But like. You know, again, if you do the math, you know, most people could probably buy that MLB TV subscription. Don't don't yell at me on Twitter about how you can't afford this. Like, I don't want to hear it. But, um, you know, it is modestly priced is the point. So you could have a whole lot more fans and you wouldn't be asking for very much money. Um, you know, certainly if you're not sure, if you're not sure if you really want to get into baseball or not, you can buy a one-month package. It's like, what, 30 bucks or something? I don't know. Try it for a month. See what happens. You know, go mess around on the little MLB play game, and if you play it enough, it will give you free MLB TV. Like. Yeah. I mean, it really is the most of I, Every time I look into Sunday, I'm like, I'm not paying that. Let's go to a bar and watch it. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I paid for a Sunday ticket for, like, a really, really long time, but because my, you know, I've sort of changed what I do um, professionally, I am no longer doing that, and honestly, I don't really miss it, but, like, I would die without my MLB TV, which I guess probably speaks more to, like, what I'm truly a fan of, but also, you know, there's, like, the MLB TV, you don't really have to think about it, right? Like, of course you're going to pay for this, but I, we thought about it, and we were like, I don't know if I want to spend $400 on this, like, this is absurd, you know, like, are we really watching enough football? Like you said, go to a bar, go to a bar you right? know, like, or, you know, you can even, you know, red zone it or whatever. But even those, I, you know, I have some questions about. For one thing, I don't like, I don't want four tiny boxes at once, you know, <laughs> so don't love that. It's fine for, like, game pass if you're studying film or whatever. Like, I'm okay with that. But, like, for actually watching the game, like, you know, especially if I'm particularly fixated on one, I, I don't need to see four at once. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. I mean, whatever, like, do you, you know, if you want, I'm, I'm not saying it's a terrible idea to buy a Sunday ticket. Like, if you're really into football, then, yeah, go for it. I'm just saying this is a much more affordable product for people who are either unsure or who are concerned about the budgeting or whatever. Like, and, and MLB is, like, really put together a great product. Like, it's a good product. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, it works well for the most part. They're really good about it when it doesn't. Like, you can choose which speed you want. Like, it's kind of brilliant. And, like, people can't use it, and that is a problem. Yeah, you know, I'll, the only problem I had was the last day of the season, but, and that's obviously mm-hmm. because everyone started at the same time. 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, some buffering issues there, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, but still, it it righted itself not too long after after first pitch. So, you know, yeah, no, they're great. I mean, they've been great since the very beginning. Like when we first bought this, I think I bought it the first year it was available, and like they kept having to refund my money because all it did was buffer most of the time. Um, but you know, it's it's gotten a lot better. It's it's a really 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 good product and they are very good about working with you if you're having an issue so mm-hmm. um now they just need to be allowed to show their own games be great. <laughs> <sighs> all right now let's spend a little bit of time here before we go we, we got to talk about these playoff series because we actually have some some results here in the american league the national league is still up in the air there's not really a whole lot we can say about the national league right now because mm-hmm. you know obviously Two teams won on Tuesday. We don't know who's winning today uh, before we end this show. So we're not really a lot we can talk about the National League. But we can talk about the American League because both American League teams swept. The Rangers swept the Rays. The Twins swept the Blue Jays. Um, probably the common theme is neither the Blue Jays or the Rays played particularly well at all. And that's why they got swept. It wasn't just the teams that were playing. They didn't play well. Um, so... First, your, your thoughts on those series before we talk about the division series, Samantha. What, what stuck out to you with these two wildcard series in the American League? Okay, three things. Number one, I don't want to hear any more about the supremacy of the AL East because no. Yeah. So that's one. Uh, number two, um, I think that I, I totally get this for, like, the Twins and Twins fans, but, like, Major League Baseball as a whole, like, maybe stop with the excessive celebration of the Twins finally won a series. Like, do you really want to promote that somebody is now, you know, two for their last 20? Um, <laughs> like, I, I feel like maybe dial it back a little bit with that. Um, like, yikes. Especially for a team that I think we're all fairly convinced is just going to turn over and die in the next round. Um, but, and the Rangers. I thought the Rangers looked great, um, which is... Good. I was a little concerned about them coming in because of the way they finished the season. It wasn't great, and they really did an outstanding job of riding the ship. Um, you know, we saw good play on kind of both sides of the ball. Pitching looked good, and the offense looked good. Just a, a really nice, dominant performance, which I think is exactly what the Rangers needed to get back on track. And that, you know, potential Rangers-Orioles series looks extremely different now than it did a week ago if you had imagined that as the matchup. Yeah, that that DS is I think going to be the best of the Agreed. of the division series that we have. Definitely, uh, definitely. But but I but I definitely agree with you. Like 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 the the AL East did not have a good showing in the wild card round at all. You saw you, the Rays committed what four errors in game one. You saw base running mistakes, uh, mm-hmm. specifically from Vladdy Guerrero getting picked off at second base, down to nothing. Runners at second and third, he gets picked off at second base. That can't happen. Not in the play. It really, that can't happen in the regular season, but it damn sure can't happen in October. You saw the pitching problems with the Blue Jays that have happened sporadically throughout the year. They resurfaced with Minnesota. I, I think the one takeaway I've got, and this is actually going to bleed a little bit into looking ahead to Twins Astros, was the pitching for the Twins was better than I expected it to be in the in, in the wild card round. I just wasn't seeing that from them all year long. I mean, it has been the strength of their team. It's probably what got them there. 
Um, I was a little bit worried about Sonny Gray coming into this game. Pablo mm-hmm. Lopez had a, a, a nice outing yesterday, as one would have expected from him. Um, I don't think that anyone on that staff is a true ace, um, and that may become concerning as we get deeper into the playoffs. Um, Sonny Gray, who just did a, it's incredibly masterful, like, tantrumy choke job um, at one point, that really stuck with me uh, during the regular season made me extremely concerned about how he would stop in a postseason game, uh, right. given that uh, so that he's had some, um, some some mental things going on this season uh, that were hilarious, um, but also concerning. So we'll see. We'll see if it holds up. Um, to me, I'm really concerned about the Twins going forward, which is not great because they are going up against the trash cans. We don't love that. I don't mm-hmm. really trust the Twins at all to be able to look anything like they looked in this series. I think they ran into a Toronto team that couldn't do anything right, that was probably not very good to begin with, and didn't have the pitching to compete in a postseason series. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm being honest, that the Twins are going to get run over by the Astros, which is... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I hate this. I probably won't watch any of that series because I hate it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm lying. I'm going to watch it anyway. I'm just going to hate every second of it. But, like, I don't want either of these teams to win. But, obviously, what we really want is the trash cans gone, right? Well, mm-hmm. bad news, they're getting it. This feels like a free pass to the ALCS yeah. to me, which is a bummer. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start with that division series, and then we can wrap up with O's Rangers and um, mm-hmm. look, look ahead to the National League next week when um, we have more information. Um but let's start with that Astros Twin series because I, I think the one thing that sticks out, you look at what each team struggles with, and I think this is where it actually does favor Houston and heavily favors Houston. Houston's problem has been starting pitching. Mm-hmm. The Twins' problem has been offense, and even even with that sweep, they didn't do much. You know, outside of Royce Lewis, that team did not hit well in the wild card round. Now you're going up against a team in Houston where Houston struggles st- for, with their starting pitching, but they but their offense is enough to t- to score more runs than than they scored in the wild card round than the, than the Twins just scored. I think that's where it becomes a problem for Minnesota because you can match you you could probably do a better job pitching wise than Houston in the starting rotation, not necessarily the bullpen, but that starting rotation you can. But Houston's offense, even facing good pitching like that, I think is going to put more runs than the Twins can. Yeah, I agree. I also trust their bullpen more at this point, particularly with the postseason experience. Um, also, the you know colossal choker label still stays on the Twins, so that that may be a factor as well. Um, also. I think that, you know, as much as the, the Twins starting pitching has looked pretty solid and it is part of the reason why they were able to get here this year at all and the Astros have struggled there, the ceiling is higher on the Astros starters mm-hmm. than on the Twins starters. So if those Astros starters go out there and they play their best baseball, they're going to be better than the Twins starters. So that, you know, throw that on the fire as well. Um, I, I don't love how this looks for the Twins at all. I will, I will be honest about that. I wish that wasn't true, but I do not like how that looks at all. Well, this is also an Astros team that, down there in the stretch, went 2-7 and seven against the A's and the, and the Royals. So Yeah, yeah, there, there is some hope. There's hope. There, there is There's some hope, hope here. On, pa- um, on paper, this seems to heavily favor the Astros. On mm-hmm. paper. But it's also October baseball, and... You know, good teams lose in October. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Somebody gets hot at the right time. Yeah, 
It'd be weird if it was the chokiest team of all time in postseason play that got hot, but it's not impossible. It's, it's, it's not impossible, but man, that would be quite hilarious if that happened. All right, let's flip it over to these series. I, I think I really do think I, this is not a biased opinion. I think this is actually the best series that we could possibly have. It's, I agree. It, it, it's it's Rangers and Orioles, and I think I think because you, you mentioned. You know, the Rangers like kind of like skidding into the gates, <laughs> losing three out of four in Seattle. <laughs> then they have to fly from Seattle to Tampa. They have one day off. They don't even go through a workout on Monday because they're that exhausted from, from being on the West Coast for the, the previous week. You obviously jet lagged. You've, you've got Montgomery on the mound. you got Evaldi on the mound. And they just absolutely put on a clinic. And I'll tell you what this does. It completely resets Texas. Because if you look at down the stretch, if you look at the Rangers down the stretch, Dunning and Montgomery were the top pitchers down the stretch for the Rangers. There's no question about that. The top two. Well, you didn't have to use Dunning this series, which means the last time he pitched was Sunday. So he's lined up for game one, right, on Saturday. Sunday would be Montgomery's normal day. And, and Tuesday, is a, with the day I've in between, Evaldi's got an extra day to rest his arm. Now, all of a sudden, the Rangers are countering Baltimore with Dunning, Montgomery, and Evaldi. Evaldi was back to form in game two. So what looked very bleak for the Rangers, that script has now been flipped because not only did they do that, they have two days off, which I'm assuming they're going to spend in Baltimore. I don't know why they would fly to Texas to go to Baltimore. I'm assuming they're going to do that, right? It's completely flipped the script. So now, now I would say the division series is a little bit more evened out between these two, and that's going to be very exciting because the season series was about as split even as a series can be in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we can really learn anything from the, the season series between these two. Um, it was pretty evenly split. They've both been a bit up and down at times. I was worried about the Rangers coming into the postseason because, boy, they just looked like they were kind of flailing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of issues there. But, like, guess what? Like, this is the thing. I mean, how many times have we said it on this show to each other, to everyone else we know? Like, the hot team. Man, that's what matters in October. And sometimes what you need is a reset. So I was concerned about the Rangers coming in because they came in about as unhot as you can come in to a postseason. <laughs> and yeah. in two days, they completely flipped that around. And now they're in real good shape. Yeah. So it's this looks so different. Like, I was really worried about the Rangers. I was thinking, like, okay, like, I think they can beat the Rays. I was pretty convinced they would. But I was worried that it was going to be one of those where you're essentially just outscoring a team that is very lackluster, was very lackluster in the postseason last year as well. The Rays are just, you know, not really built for it. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I figured the Rangers would win, but I, I thought they were going to be in a bad spot. And I was worried about them going up potentially against the Orioles. And now I feel like, I don't know, man, like this might be the best series we're going to see in the next round. This is really evenly matched. It's going to be really fun. I cannot wait to watch this series. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and, and you look at Baltimore. I, I think the, the, the one thing you look at with these two, and this gives Baltimore the edge, is, is Baltimore was really consistently good. Oh, you had you had to be to win over hundred games like that. Like they were consistent. Texas has been streaky, especially in the second half. Now, granted, there's a lot of injuries, but they've been a streaky baseball team since the All Star break. Really, really, exceptionally streaky in September and so far in October. You, do you lean more towards that calm hand that the Orioles seem to have, as opposed to the streaky? 
Well, I mean, to me that depends because if Texas is on the up end of the streak, then no, I don't. Um, Then I feel like, okay, well, then this is anybody's game. I I guess my big concern is really about the bullpens there. I I think that's where you give the edge to Baltimore. Um, So I worry a little bit about Texas in that, you know, you're going to need to score early and often um, in order to sort of counter the fact that I don't trust the Texas bullpen. And I think Baltimore's bullpen is, is fairly difficult to score off of. Yeah. Um, so yeah. obviously, you know, there's been some injuries there that, that have made them not quite what they were. Um, but to me, that's sort of where the advantage lies because right now the Rangers are on the upswing of that streakiness. So, um, you know, were, were they to hit the skids again, then yeah, yeah, yeah. we need towards the consistent <laughs> team. But as long as Texas keeps playing the way that they played against Tampa, then that's a non-issue. Um, so I'm a bit worried about the bullpens, but, um, you know, I, I also, you know, if you want to look at an advantage for Texas, it's experience, right? Like you, you got some young guys, but you also got a lot of guys who've been there before, more yeah. so than Baltimore. And, and that may make a difference as well. There's no indication yet that this is going to be a factor in the division series, but it is worth noting that Max Scherzer threw a live bullpen today. Okay, so that's interesting. He threw so a lot, we live have bullpen through all his pitches, felt great after. I don't know if this means he could be available in the division series. I, I don't know what that means. All I know is we're sitting here at the, at the time of recording this. We're, we're three days away from the, the division series, and Max Scherzer threw a live bullpen. Okay, so two things. One, where is Baltimore at with their closer? He was throwing as well. Are we going to see him? That's one question I have. There was some question about whether he might come back um, uh, with the damaged UCL. So, I don't think we know yet. I haven't, um, yeah, I haven't seen anything on that. Last I heard, he was going to have to have Tommy John. Yeah, but he's been throwing, and there was some insinuations that he might come back during the postseason. Which what I wasn't sure of is that you know would it be during this series? So that's that's out there. In any event, that that is out there. Um, I my question to you about Max is: Do you run Scherzer out of the bullpen for now if he's available? Because I think that's what I would do. Yeah, I, I I would do that because because I, I think you've got right now you've got you've got two definite hot hands in Dunning yeah that's and why. Montgomery and Avaldi you know you want to see it again I've said that on the show I don't know how many times you want to see it again this the this the the game two start was exceptional um so you want to see that again but if all three if those are your three hot hands. It, it kind of gives you the option to have Scherzer as an opener in Game Four. He wouldn't have to throw his normal workload of pitches, but he could start yes. the game. He could start the game, then you could couple that off with Perez, who's also been hot coming out of the Rangers bullpen to, to potentially steal a Game Four. So, well, and I think you're also providing some insurance against like, what if Max is bad? Right. You know, like if you shove it to Game Four, you get it. You're, you got to be quick with the hook. You know, like I mean, that's where I think you know what. Watch Bochi. You know, you can yeah. get him out there fast. I don't care if he's a veteran. I don't care if he's angry. If he doesn't have it, you got to pull him quick and send Perez out there. Yeah. Like, fast. Yeah. But it might be an opportunity to steal a game. So, could be something to consider. So, definitely, when we get to the part where they release the Division Series rosters, I'm very curious to see who's on that, uh, on the Rangers side. I think we know who's going to be on there on the Baltimore side. Uh, but you might see a surprise from the Rangers side if today's bullpen was any... Any indication, because he came out of it feeling pretty damn good. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, 
Yeah. This is, I, I think this is the series. I, I think this is the one that uh, is going to be the most entertaining. I think it's, I think it's the one that's going to go the deepest uh, of the division series. Uh, the, 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 with this, this has game five in Baltimore at Camden Yards written all over it. It'd be interesting. Might have to go down there myself if that happens. Oh, God. If you, you, you do that, I'm going to be so jealous. You're going to send me pictures from Camden Yards, too, because I know you. I will. I will. <laughs> and, well, I, I, actually, I will not do that if you don't want me to, if it would be too upsetting. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, just, just do me but, a favor. Don't, uh, have that, don't have that new hideous left wall in the picture. Just just promise me that. I don't want to see I that. will try not to aim my camera at that. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. I, uh, matter of fact, I can take that into consideration. You know, where am I sitting that I will not be looking at that? Um, don't love that. Um, yes, we are. The lollygagging is um, the official opinion of the pod, this podcast is that that wall sucks. Yes. Uh, so, but yeah, no, if that, if that series goes five, I am definitely, I'm going to get myself down there to that game. Absolutely. Um, I, I shall be your proxy there. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, because oh man, I, I, I've been I've been in that stadium when the Orioles were good. I've been in that stadium when the Orioles were bad. Nothing rocks like Camden Yards. I'm sorry, sorry New York, sorry Boston. Camden Yards when it gets going, it gets going. You got pickles right across the street for the before and after party. Yeah, that place that place can really bring it. It can. I, I'm not sure I would say it can compete with Fenway um, in a playoff environment. I Maybe don't not. think I agree with that. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, it is a very, very fun place to see a baseball game. Lovely ballpark. Uh, you know, lovely little area down there near the Inner Harbor. Love the Orioles fans. Um, just a, a great place to see a ball game. So I'm, I'm kind of psyched about that. I think that's going to be fun. <laughs> All right, it should be a fun series. Okay, any, anything on the playoffs you wanna you wanna put out there before we call it a night or a week, whatever you wanna call it. I just want to tip my cap to to Craig Kimbrell for the intentional block in game one. Oh, so rare, so beautiful. Love those. <laughs> oh boy, you gotta you gotta love an intentional block. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to do it for us. If you listen to us on uh, on YouTube or really wherever you're listening, give us a like, give us a su- subscribe to the show, leave some comments, hit us up on Twitter, wherever you want to do. Help us out with that algorithm. Until next week, watch some baseball. You know why? Because it's the playoffs and you're going to thank me later. <laughs>